0: Hello and welcome to Not Just A Sports Report. Today I am in very high spirits, coming off a great weekend. Uh, Eight out of eight in the NRL, so perfect weekend. I did play some multis, I did put some bets on, and look, the perfect round definitely helped. Hit a couple of multis, which means, look, I'm going to be getting a new laptop. This laptop I'm recording on has given me all kinds of issues, so it's time for an upgrade Uh, And yeah, in very high spirits, I'll be recording my NRL preview a bit later today with JJ for round five. Uh, So look, today I'm going to make it short and sharp. Now, formerly this was called the NRL power hour, uh, but I don't want to add any unnecessary filler if it's going a little bit short. So I'm just going to call it NRL power from now on. Now, whether that goes about an hour or whether that goes less, we'll see week to week. But all the main points I want to touch on I'll pretty much save for the NRL preview. So, eight out of eight games correct. And I do apologize for this one coming out a bit late. It was supposed to come out on Sunday, but I'd had a roller coaster of a weekend of many games that were just like stressful uh, that ended up coming through. But yeah, I just went on a roller coaster of emotions. By the time it was time to put my uh, NRL Power podcast out there, I was just pooped. So,. Look, it is time to put it out today, and let's just start with Thursday's game. Now, look, not much to report on there. Titans getting the win eight points to six. It was a dreadful game. I felt a bit bad. JJ was over, and there were other games on, but I I made him him watch. We were like, oh, this could be at least, you know, a game when a try isn't scored, so we can at least get a laugh. But there was, of course, the farcical ending, AJ Brimson scoring the try off a kick and things just go from bad to worse for the tigers i think what happened there is that like they were so hungry to try and get that win they wanted it so bad that they dragged the gold coast titans down to their level and that's what made it a dreadful game no offense to the tigers but in the end man tigers 0-4 that is very ominous at the start of the season. As far as stat leaders, according to NRL.com, Mo Fodewaica had the most tackles with 36, whilst Jermaine Ozako in his Titans debut ran for 190 metres. Now, next up, the Titans are going to be playing the Eels again. They lost to them in the first round, so now the Gold Coast are going to have that home ground advantage. The game against the Eels should be very interesting. As for the Sharks, I mean, as for the Tigers, that's who they're playing next, the Sharks. So ah, it's going to be at the Sharks home ground. Yeah, I'm not even a Tigers fan, but I feel for you guys. Like, they've been the closest side to my side, the Warriors. Like, Warriors have only made finals once since 2011, and the Tigers haven't. So I really do feel for you guys. But look, the Sharks game, it looks very likely that West Tigers are going to go 0-5. And, yeah, that is just grim. Now, looking over the Tigers' next few games, they've got the Sharks, then they play the Eels, the Rabbitohs, the Dragons, and the Seagulls. So, look, I, I don't know where the Tigers' first win is going to come from. It will be a good one when they get it, but everyone else in the competition is at least making some sort of wave and have at least one run on the board to push toward finals, whereas the Tigers... Their season is very quickly getting away from them. Moving on now to the early Friday game in round four, and that was the Sharks up against the Knights. That was a game I was very excited to watch. The Sharks on a tear at the moment, and the Knights exceeding a lot of people's expectations with their start to the season. In this game though, look, Sharks were all over the Knights. They got an 18-0 win. Now, Nico Hines wasn't his best day with the boot, but Sharks scored four tries. So they won 18-0, but they won four tries to nil. Uh, Aiden Tolman in his 300th game, getting over for the first try. Unbelievable. I was stoked to see that. Not stoked for my phone on loud. Something I need to work on that. Uh, Stage 2 incoming, though. Now, look, the Sharks getting it done. Aiden Tolman scoring a try. Sione Katoa Seems to be hitting the scoreboard every week. Coc for Talakai. He was unreal. I couldn't believe just how well he played. He was in top form. Just absolutely tore through the nights. And look, Talakai could be another one of those names that is a bolter for a New South Wales Blues side if he keeps this form up. And look, with Wade Graham, kind of his future being a bit up in the air, I know they have Teague Wilton. Looks like they're going to move Britton Nakora on, so it, it seems like they know that they have an absolutely beastly talent in CSC for Telekai, and it looks like they intend on keeping him around at the Sharks long term, so Craig Fitzgibbon already starting to get the best out of guys like Telekai, and the Craig Fitzgibbon era has well and truly begun. It's unfortunate for the Knights, but look, they've still got some positive signs. It's been a bit of A tricky situation with Callum Ponga missing so much game time already early in the season, but they're going to be playing the Manly Seagulls and they aren't going to have Tom Trebojevic on Thursday, so that should be a really interesting clash. I'll obviously get to that in the weekly preview. Now, for the Sharks, Nico Hines, outstanding. He is their X-Factor player and things just seem to be falling into place really nicely for Nico Hines. Now, if he goes down, they have Matt Moylan, obviously, Braden Trindle, and Luke Metcalf, who has been very, very impressive with the Newtown Jets in the New South Wales Cup. And look, I am very happy as a Warriors fan that we get Luke Metcalf next season. Now, as far as the stat leaders, Chris Randall topped the tackle count, 57 tackles. So Chris Randall, a very fit player and has a very high work rate, 57 tackles. That is plenty uh, as for the meters, uh, Ronaldo Mulitalo, 239 meters. So a big statement on return for Ronaldo. And look, the Sharks just, they're building very nicely. Talakai, back to Talakai and the game he had, 17 tackle busts. Guys just could not stop Talakai on the weekend. He ran riot across the field. And look, if he continues this form gee whiz the sharks could be a top four outfit now going back to reserve grade the jets who are the sharks feeder side they beat the newcastle knights new south wales cup side so they got the double Uh, and franklin pelle he was someone who's very impressive the young middle forward i think we'll be seeing him make his debut across this season Next up, of course, Knights up against the Seagulls and the Sharks are going to be taking on the Tigers. So when I talked about this being really grim for the Tigers, looking like an 0-5 start for the Sharks, this looks like a perfect opportunity to really make a statement that they are here to contend for the Premiership this season. In the primetime Friday night clash, we had the grand final rematch between the Panthers and the Rabbitohs. Obviously, a couple of different looking outfits in a couple of respects. The Panthers playing plenty of young stars who weren't involved in their grand final win. And for the Rabbitohs, no Wayne Bennett, no Adam Reynolds. So a bit of a different feel to what it was in the grand final last year. Now, Panthers were far too good on the occasion, 26-12 win. Isaac Tago and Talon May again, combining for plenty of tries on their side. There were three tries on the left side, and Stephen Crichton and Liam Martin also touched down for a try for the Rabbitohs. Campbell Graham and Cody Walker, the try scorers, but 26-12. to 12 And watching the game live, like, the Panthers looked like they were going to win pretty much every step of the way. No doubt they are the benchmark this season. They are proving that they are the team to beat and really, really maturing from, like, a young squad, even though plenty of them still are very young, but they're going from like this young emerging side to now they are the reigning premiers. And they're saying that like, we are here to stay. Uh, and now they're no longer these like young stars who are pushing for that premiership. They are defending the premiership. So they're doing a very good job of it early on. They look like the same kind of Panthers outfit that we saw in 2020 and in 2021. So, look, Panthers fans would be buzzing. For the Rabbitohs fans, look, they're starting to lose a few of the big games. Uh, They did beat the Roosters, but they don't want to pile up too many losses early in the season because Origin is around the corner, and I presume there will be a couple of Rabbitohs who will be playing. Now, Dylan Edwards has been outstanding. One of the form fullbacks in the competition, obviously not spoken about in the same kind of breath as Tedesco and uh, Ryan Pappenhausen. But look, honestly, I think like Callum Ponga is another young star that gets plenty of raps. And you'd have to say that over a stretch of the last three years, Dylan Edwards has actually been the better fullback. So look, who knows? We may see him line up. He's pretty versatile. I remember Dylan Edwards when he played in the Panthers under 20 sides, he played a bit of dummy half, he played in the halves, I've seen him play like some center, so I, I don't think he'd be out of place as another one who could be a New South Wales Blues origin bolter, maybe not this year, but if he keeps it up, potentially next season, he could play in the centers, he could play in the wing, I think Dylan Edwards could play 14, he's just got a couple of guys ahead of him in the pecking order that are I mean, they just look like absolute X-Factors. James Tedesco, the captain, and Ryan Pappenhausen. But look back to the game. Dylan Edwards was incredible, running for 289 meters. Damian Cook was very busy in defense. He's another one I expect to be there uh, around origin time. Damian Cook, 61 tackles. Whilst Taylan May, he is in contention early in the season for the NRL's top try scorer. So, all of a sudden, I think that's going to give Charlie Staines a lift because he knows his position is under threat. Once Brian To'o comes back, he obviously has to take his place in the side, but, I mean, the way that Isaac Tago and Taylor May are playing, you definitely have to think about Brian To'o to the uh, right side, or at least Taylor May onto that right side. So, I mean, it's a good headache to have, and for Charlie Staines... Now he really needs to stand up and try and win that jersey because obviously last year he lost out. He was the player in the back five who didn't make that grand final team with Paul Momorowski eventually edging him out of the team. Now having a look at next week for both sides. Sorry, my notes. Uh, Now the Bulldogs and the Panthers, that is going to be a tricky game. Pardon me, for the Bulldogs. I think I shouldn't be burping on the podcast, sorry. Uh, But Panthers, look, they should be too strong for the Bulldogs, but I'm excited to see how it plays out. Brent Naden, obviously, and Matt Burton, a couple of the Panthers, and Davida Pangai, a couple of former Panthers there who will be taking on the Penrith side. Now for the South Sydney Rabbitohs, they'll be taking on the Dragons, who they lost to in the charity shield, but the Dragons are coming off two thumpings. Looking at the reserve grade as well, both these sides' feeder clubs played each other in New South Wales Cup. And look, the Panthers have a very strong New South Wales Cup side and the Rabbitohs actually got the win over them. They won 20-18. Josh Mansour scored a try. Uh, Peter Mamazellos, I believe it's pronounced, the young dummy half who we'll probably see play in place of Damian Cook during the origin period. He was really, really good. He made heaps of tackles. I think he scored a try, and yeah, he was very busy throughout the game. So good signs for the Rabbitohs there. Uh, and for the Panthers, the young fullback, Sunia Turuva, he ran for 232 metres. So, look, plenty of guys from beneath the top tw- uh, top 17, sorry, they are making claim to say, hey, I want to be in that top squad. And it's just great to have reserve grade back because the last couple of seasons have been heavily interrupted and that's what it's it's perfect for for the young stars to like prove themselves and say like hey I'm ready to make that step up and for some of the guys who aren't making the NRL team who would be considered not young stars they're more just you know not making the team that's a great opportunity for them to play their way back into the side which recently when players have got dropped they haven't had that chance <laughs> fucking hell there we go. Okay, phone is phone is going to a minimum, uh, but yeah, exciting news. It looks like a new house could be in the works, and like renting, obviously, I'm not a fucking millionaire, um, but it looks like hopefully the podcast setup is going to be massively improved. Uh, so that, hopefully, not that that's going to stop me from having alarms and shit go off, but look. This is the NRL Power Hour, so let's continue to power through it. And I forgot that I changed it. It's not the NRL Power Hour. This is just NRL Power. So let's move on now to the first game of Super Saturday. And it was my side, the mighty Warriors. I kept the faith and I was rewarded. The Warriors getting up over the Broncos 20 points to 6. Jesse Arthur scoring two tries, which is funny because... Uh, the Broncos loaned him to the Warriors, so realistically the Broncos could have asked for Jesse Arthurs not to play against them, so like, kudos for them working out that deal where he did get to play for us, so thanks for that, Broncos. But uh, look, I actually really hope we keep Jesse Arthurs beyond this year. I think with the players the Broncos have, that's definitely a possibility. Uh, and look, yeah, Jesse Arthurs is someone I would like to see retained at the Warriors beyond this season Marcelo Montoya also scored a try, whilst Adam Reynolds bringing a bit of Elfie Langer energy to the game with a bit of a grubber to set himself up for a try. Warriors getting it done. 20 points to 6, though. I was very happy with that. That was kind of what got the betting rolling as well. I think they were like $3.10, the Warriors. Maybe less. maybe I can't remember exactly, but the odds were juicy. And I was like, you know what? I think we can beat the Broncos. I remembered the game last year where we lost uh, with Reece Walsh just missing conversions. And I felt like we would be fired up. So I wasn't sure how the Broncos were gonna be. Uh, Definitely not as fired up as the fucking brawl incident. Fucking lol. Uh, I don't need to go too much into that. That's not a huge, huge thing. This is the power hour. So yeah, maybe I'll get to it in the preview. Now for the Warriors, it was the best performance of the season so far. So I'm really happy that they're at least building because the start to be honest was pretty poor. And for the Brisbane Broncos, it's the opposite. They had such a great start, but now they're really starting to lose momentum. Now, stat leaders throughout the game, Jake Turpin making 47 tackles, whilst Adam Fanua blake was outstanding, ran for 196 metres, and he and Lodge just add so much with their offloading game because you don't know if they're going to run over the top of you or if they're going to free that arm and, you know, keep the ball in play. So, Keeps defenders in two minds. And as for Matt Lodge, it looks like he is destined to sign with the Dolphins next season, or at least he's not going to be at the Warriors beyond next year. Uh, Actually, I heard maybe Sydney. I can't remember. I heard from her. Fuck no, it's probably the internet. Uh, But yeah, Matt Lodge, it looks like he'll be gone. Reese Walsh, hearing more promising signs that he may be heading to New Zealand with the Warriors next season. So that makes me very excited. Now, next up, we have the Warriors up against the Cowboys. I think that is another definite winning game, or winnable game, sorry, for the Warriors. But for the Cowboys, they have been playing really well up until last weekend. Their defense let them down, but before that, they were the best defensive side in the NRL. So I think they're definitely going to throw some things at the Warriors we have guys like Petahiku now playing for the Warriors and Todd Payton, our former coach. So he's going to have a pretty good idea of how he wants to play the game against the Warriors. And um, with Hamaso Tabuai for out, it does make me wonder are we going to see Scott Drinkwater named in that fullback jersey uh, on Team Lists Tuesday, which is only a couple of hours away, three hours away until Team Lists drop? Uh, it'll be even less by the time you listen to this podcast. As for the Broncos, they are going to be hosting the Roosters. Very tough game to try and get yourself up for after a couple of, you know, very disappointing losses. But last year, I remember that the Broncos at Suncorp uh, actually, actually upset the Roosters. They beat them. So I actually think this is going to be a real danger game for the Roosters, but I will get to that in the round five preview. So... Moving on to the next contest now, which is Seagulls and Raiders taking place in Mudgee. So neutral ground, although it definitely seemed to be a lot of support for the Raiders who they went down. I thought the Seagulls would win. As I said, I had a perfect week uh, tipping and that one was the hardest one to pick, but I thought the Seagulls, uh, they were just they were ready to start bouncing back and getting some runs on the board. That is exactly what happened with a twenty-five to six victory for the Raiders. Their lone try scorer was Jack Whiten. It was a pretty good try, though. Uh, for the Seagulls, Ruben Garrick, Morgan Harper, Hamole Akolakawatu, my apologies, and Tom Trebojevic scoring a try. Trebovich scoring a try with an MCL injury. He is going to be out for a couple of weeks, but Siegel's getting a much-needed win there. Uh, For the Raiders, do they continue to persist with Matt Frawley as their starting number nine? Obviously, they have Starling on the bench. It seems like Ricky Stewart wants to give Adrian Trevelyan, who is a great young talent, just wants to give him that little bit more time uh, to get ready for first grade, but do the Raiders need a more experienced number nine than Matt Frawley? I really think that is letting them down with their first half an hour or so of the game. Uh, And yeah, do they just seek out someone experienced? Like Nathan Peets was the first that came to mind, but I think he's playing like, I don't know if he's retired. He's playing like lower leagues in France. He's not playing Super League. So uh, to jump up to NRL would be a big ask, but just someone like that, like even like a, James Seguiaro. I don't know. These aren't the best examples, but guys who've played NRL and have been dummy halves because you have Tom Starling, but I just don't know if Matt Frawley is going to cut it in the number nine jersey. Maybe you just have to go Tom Starling from the get-go, but I guess they just feel that there's more explosivity when he comes off the bench, and he's only a small fella, so having big bodies running at you for the first half an hour of the game Uh, It does take a lot out of you, which can kind of affect your game later on. Now, in terms of stat leaders, Tommy T with an injury, Trubojevic getting 289 metres, whilst 39 tackles for Hudson Young and also 39 tackles for the manly dummy half, Lachlan Croker, who is a former Canberra Raider, actually. Now, are the Raiders top eight material? Uh, It's hard to tell. But they have a lot of young, exciting kids. They are building toward a quality future. Uh, And maybe this is just a transition period to get some of these young guys into first grade. So look, I don't know if Canberra are top eight material. Like, yes, they are on paper. I don't know if they're going to be able to put everything together to make that happen. But I think going forward, it is going to be some exciting stuff from these young players. They just need to find their feet. And that's exactly what Manly did on the weekend. They found their feet in the competition now. They're starting to find their groove. Having Trebojevic ruled out now, uh, that does kind of store their momentum. But I'll go into it in the round five preview. This is going to be where the Seagulls get their massive test. They've been called flat track bullies. They've been told that they can't play. They're not going to amount to anything without Tom Trebojevic in the side. Uh, there's been a lot of stuff that goes on when the Seagulls aren't going well. A lot of people start talking so look i think now it's going to be a crucial test for manly but they've got two wins in a row and they're starting to build to some positive signs now next up knights and seagulls on thursday night that'll be a very interesting one obviously i'm going to jump into all these games with jj on the round five preview and the canberra raiders are going to be hosting the storm so look i think after that game we'll know whether the canberra raiders have potential to be top eight material this season. And they just need to be competitive. But I genuinely think they can beat the Storm. But in recent times, the Storm have absolutely demolished them in games. They seem to just have that perfect attack that really compromises the Raiders' defense. And the Raiders' offense just doesn't seem to mesh in terms of breaking down that Melbourne Storm defensive wall. So that is going to be a great game to jump into later today. But now it is time for me to jump into the Saturday night game in Townsville where it was disappointing for the hosts, uh, where North Queensland hosted the Roosters going down 28-4, to 4, I believe it was. Let me just fact check myself. Uh, it is a couple of days later now. 28-4, to 4, yeah, that's right. So the, Ra- uh, the Raiders, the Roosters getting plenty of tries. Daniel Tupo, Joseph Manu scoring a double, Victor Radley... Paul Momorowski, and Kevin Naguama playing for the first time in front of family for over four years. So a bit of a touching moment there, seeing his brother Wes Naguama, former NRL player in the crowd. But, yeah, the Roosters were just far too good on this occasion. Uh, And, look, like the Cowboys have been going really, really well. This was a big test for them, and unfortunately they didn't pass. But their great uh, great start to the season, sorry, has allowed them a bit of leniency to give them time to bounce back, and they are still well and truly in the top eight mix, although probably not in the most favorable of positions when it comes to getting a spot. But look, everyone's still in with the shot, except maybe the Tigers, and no doubt the Cowboys, if they can get back to the form they showed in the first few weeks, then they could be a real threat this year, at least for a spot in the finals. And for the Roosters, we did see that Trent Robinson... Uh, was ruled out with COVID, so he wasn't able to coach the side. I was wondering maybe if Brett Morris or Jason Riles took over or would take over. Cannot speak English, what the hell. Uh, It was Jason Riles and Matt King who ended up coaching the Roosters side. Both guys that I watched play grow up, tremendous players, representative players, and it was pretty cool seeing them both in the coaches' box. I'm sure they've played uh, for the Kangaroos together. I'm sure they've played New South Wales together. And yeah, both of them making the step up at the same time and proving their credentials. I don't think they would have gone too far away from what Trent Robinson's plan was. I'm sure there was communication there. But look, with Craig Fitzgibbon departing the Roosters, this is a huge chance now for Jason Riles, who's formerly been part of the Melbourne Storm setup, and Matt King, who I think he spent time at the Rapidos coaching as well. So these guys, very decorated players, Both could be head coaches in the making. I know Jason Riles, his name is especially starting to get floated around when it comes to the next coach to get their first gig. Uh, And they did a tremendous job coaching the Roosters this weekend. Cowboys, for them, their surge was brought to a halt, but they have a chance to wrestle back momentum on the weekend when they play the Warriors. As for the Roosters, they are going to be taking on the Broncos at Suncorp. Another big test for them going a second Queensland match in a row, so both times they would have had hotter conditions, but I think the Townsville game would have helped to prime the Sydney Roosters for the upcoming Broncos game. Now, the Roosters starting to get a bit of their push going for the title. It's been a shaky start, but I don't think that the Roosters are a team that hit the panic button after only four rounds, and they'll definitely be there come the end of the season when it comes to grand final calculations. And if you listened to my season previews before the season started, you would know that I have actually chosen the Roosters as my pick for the Premiers this season. So I've been watching them with a vested interest, hoping that they can put some stuff together and, yeah, help add to my credibility. Look, the 8 from 8 this past weekend has helped to do that. So let's see. Let's see how we go on the season preview later today. In terms of stat leaders for the Roosters versus the Cowboys, Reese Robson, 46 tackles. Whilst Tedesco was everywhere, he was setting up tries, ran for 217 meters. And look, he was very close to being my X-Factor player of the weekend. That is a uh, kind of thing, if you haven't heard the NRL power before. Uh, at the end, I do three things. So we've got the X-Factor player of the round, which James Tedesco only just narrowly missed out on. I've got the Rising Star nomination, so at the end of the year I'll have all the nominations and I will choose just one, not just the Sports Report, Rising Star. Round one it was Isaac Tago, round two Dominic Young. Round three and four, uh, I know Jeremiah Nanai, this was round four, my bad. Jeremiah Nanai was round three, and in round four I will have another Rising Star. And yeah, at the, at the moment, Isaac Tago definitely leading the race in terms of my overall rising star, but there's a lot of seasons still to play out. Now, looking at the reserve grade for the Roosters, they played pretty well, defeating the Magpies 28 to 18. Joseph Suwali ran for 211 meters, so just starting to get himself ready to jump back into first grade uh, when he's called upon. Obviously, they've got a few options there. Renoff Atoni scored a try and Lachlan Lamb scored a try as well. So a couple of guys who are definitely in the mix for a spot in the Roosters' best 17. And yeah, going forward, going to be some interesting games in round five featuring these sides. And uh, obviously I'm particularly interested in the Warriors up against the Cowboys, given that I will be cheering the Warriors on. But there are some guys across that Cowboys team, some former Warriors, Chad Townsend, Peter Todd Payton, Jermaine Noah brown who may not make the 17 for that game, but should be very fun to watch. And speaking of fun to watch, unless you were a Bulldogs fan, but as a neutral fan, it was just very impressive attacking-wise. The Storm and the Bulldogs on Sunday. Storm giving the Bulldogs a 44-0 drubbing. Uh, And look, let's not be too hard on the Bulldogs. They are still building. They're going in the right direction, no doubt. They just would have hoped to be more competitive. But this is the Melbourne Storm we're talking about. And they just kind of flex their muscle. They showed that what they can do at close to full strength. Obviously, they've got a few injuries for the whole season. Uh, but yeah, the Storm just flexing their muscle. 44-0, destroying the Bulldogs coming off that Eels loss. And yeah, Pappenhausen, four tries. Like this kid is phenomenal you've got to find a place for him in the new south wales blues side i think in the number 14 jersey but look if tedesco goes down i think pappenhausen in terms of the australian race like let's say tedesco is out of the world cup this year i honestly think ryan pappenhausen is the next guy you put in tom travojevic is another one who i mean he is the first guy to stand up, But look, we don't know what his situation is going to be like come the World Cup as well. It is a long season. He's had his troubles with injury. So Ryan Pappenhausen, probably the third string Australian choice and third string choice in terms of the New South Wales side. But you've got to find a place for him. I honestly think we very well may see him line up in the number one jersey at the end of the year. But that really does depend on the fitness of Tedesco and Truboevic, so there are a lot of ifs in there, but Pappenhausen, I think he's at that level now where he should be playing those representative games for Australia, and if you can't find a spot for him at fullback, I think you have to find a spot for him somewhere. Now, for the Bulldogs, it was more like the Bulldogs of the last couple of seasons, very disappointing for Trent Barrett and his side, especially the fans, but it was the Melbourne Storm, so look, I will hold off on the Bulldogs, I still think they're going in the right direction, but they're going to need to get a couple more wins over this very tough draw. Now, the Bulldogs, I think, just, I don't know. There's still some work to be done, but the halfback jersey, Brandon Wakeham, has been doing a much better job than Avarillo, and we saw Avarillo line up in the centres. So, look, I think for next year, the Bulldogs, they've mainly got their side covered in terms of filling the positions, And the one that they just really need to hone in on now is that halfback jersey. For Josh Adokar, the homecoming to Melbourne was spoilt big time. Now he knows what it feels like to be on the end of a storm thrashing. Uh, And yeah, very kind of different situation for Josh Adokar. Not used to that at Amy Park. Now, as far as the stat leaders, Harry Grant, 36 tackles. He topped the tackle count in a side that dominated. So Harry Grant, very, very busy throughout the game. Xavier Coates was incredible on return. 201 run meters for Xavier. For Pappenhausen, three line breaks, four tries. I mean, just unstoppable. He's really starting to warm up. I think he and Munster, Grant, Hughes, a lot of them are going to be taking points off each other in terms of the Deli M race, but I was actually looking at Munster and Pappenhausen. I was like, I think it's going to be one of those two. I ended up going Munster, but if Pappenhausen stays fully fit, he could very well be this season's Deli M winner. Now, for the try assists, very impressive as well. Two try for Munster, two for Hughes, and two for Grant. Four tries for Pappenhausen, so that spine is combining perfectly they're really in sync. They've played a lot of football together now, and it's very dangerous for whoever has to come up against them in the next few weeks. Obviously, the Raiders are next. That's going to be in Canberra as well, so going to be interesting to see what kind of Storm side uh, show up, but it could very well get ugly and pretty early for the Raiders, I think, just because of the Matt Frawley situation at 9. I'll jump into that with JJ a bit later today, though. For the Bulldogs, they're going to take on the Panthers, so it just doesn't get any easier. What I would like to see from the Bulldogs against the Panthers is at least just be a little bit more competitive. It is a tough ask. They are the top team, but to get yourself, you know, really going in the right direction, just be competitive. All that the fans want to see is their team having a go, which they have been, uh, but they're up against the absolute top opposition over the last couple of weeks, so... Very tough for the Bulldogs, but they'll get some easier games as the season goes on, and they definitely have the players to make that work for themselves. But now it's time for me to jump on to the final game of the round, Parramatta Eels dominating a very sorry Dragons outfit that had plenty of late changes, and for the Dragons getting smashed two weeks in a row, all of a sudden, uh, yeah, things are getting a little bit concerning, for my cause for concern, which along with the Rising Star and x Factor player of the round, I also do a cause for concern, which has been the Tigers every single time. And I just said, look, this round, it's not going to be the Tigers. So it's going to be another club. I'm thinking Dragons or Bulldogs. But let me just preface that with like the Tigers are the main cause for concern. I'm just trying to not to pick on the one side, but Dragons definitely causes for concern getting dominated like that two weeks in a row they don't really seem to know what their best 17 is either so anthony griffin his side definitely need to respond Parramatta eels though really warming up backing up their huge win over the storm by throttling the dragons and last season the dragons actually brought the eels momentum to a halt when they were winning some early season games this time that was not the case. Parramatta—it just looked easy for the entire 80 minutes. In the end, it was 48 to 14 in the Eels' favour. So the Dragons getting an absolute shellacking, not much better than the Bulldogs' performance, and it's the second Dragons loss in a row where they have just been pulverised. So 48 to 14 for the Dragons. Jack Bird and Tarek Sims getting the tries. Are either of them going to be at the club next season? For the Eels, the halves were dominant. Dylan Brown scoring the first try, then Mitchell Moses. Nathan Brown, Reed Marnie, Clinton Gutherson. Wunga Blake scores a double, and then Mitchell Moses scores his second. So, ah, man, the Dragons, the Dragons, the Dragons. For the Eels, though... They do have some very promising signs. King Gutho, one of the best supporting runners in the game, creates so many opportunities, not just for himself, but for his team as well. And for Dylan Brown and Mitchell Moses, they are starting to gel. They are starting to feel like a combination that could win a premiership, potentially, for this Eel side, which that has been an issue for them for years, has been the halves and getting that right. Obviously, when they signed Chris Sandow, a while back, that seemed like, you know, at the time that could be the thing that really turns them around, but they just have not found that halves pairing. I mean, you look at their premiership when, oh, 2029? 20, 20, That's not a thing. Uh, the, the year 29 was a long time ago. 2009, uh, trying to think of their halves. Like, I know Jeff Robson was one. Who was the other? Was it like Chris Keating? Was it Daniel Mortimer? I think potentially Daniel Mortimer and Jeff Robson uh, were their last grand final halves pairing. So look, it's been a long time since the Eels have had two halves that look like they could deliver them a premiership. And I think Dylan Brown and Mitchell Moses, they look like the two guys long-term that you should be building the Eels around. For the Dragons, some late changes. Turrell Sloan dropped from fullback down to reserve grade. I'll get to his performance there in a moment. Moses Embai moved to fullback from dummy half for the returning Andrew McCulloch. And we saw Teletau Amone drop to the bench, Jack Bird to 5'8". That has really fucked my Supercoach draft team. I have Tyrell Sloan as a center winger and Amone as my 5'8". And uh, dropping both of them in the last game, I was like, damn, really fucked me up. Uh, Also fucked the Dragons up. And the Eels fucked the Dragons up, 48-14". Now, stat leaders, Andrew McCulloch led the count with 44 tackles, whilst Clint Gutherson was involved in everything, ran for 209 meters, and Mitchell Moses, two tries, plenty of conversions and two try assists. He was my X-Factor player of the game, and only just missed out on X-Factor player of the entire weekend. For the Eels as well, Wenger Blake scoring a double. He looks like he is getting back to his best which is scary because he was signed as a real strike player, was supposed to be a real point of difference for Parramatta, which he struggled to live up to that in the last couple of seasons. And now it looks like Wanga Blake is starting to deliver on that exact potential of why the Eels signed him as a big-name player. Now, in reserve grade, Dragons got smashed again. They have been going Very poorly in the New South Wales Cup, which is scary because if the Dragons in NRL continue to get smashed, they're only going to be able to call upon guys who've been in reserve grade getting smashed. So that is very concerning for the Dragons. They lost to the Eels New South Wales Cup side, 44-12, so very similar to the main game. And for the Dragons, they are sitting last in New South Wales Cup, 0-4 and on 100. Minus, sorry, excuse me, their Dragons are on minus 146 in terms of their point differential. So they're getting belted every week. They are sitting dead last. Tyrell Sloan getting dropped to that reserve grade game. He got sin-binned late in the game. So, I mean, that's not promising in terms of him getting called up for this weekend's game. And in Stuff You May Have Missed, Zach Sini, the Tigers kind of cult hero last season, Uh, We did see him doing pre-season with the Sharks. But Zach Sini has ended up at the Parramatta Eels, New South Wales Cup side. So he'll be looking to try and break his way into the Eels system. And next up for both sides, the Dragons are taking on the Rabbitohs. That'll be a very interesting game. And the Eels playing the Titans again, this time on the Gold Coast. That should be one of the games of the round. I didn't get to see their round one game live. uh, But looking at the highlights, that was an electric and very exciting game. Plenty of tries scored. Makes me wonder, uh, are we going to see plenty of tries scored this time around? Or are one of the sides going to be able to get themselves together defensively? Uh, Eels coming off the back of two major wins as well. So if they can pick up another and get three in a row, then the momentum is building and the trajectory is going very much in an upward directory. Upward direction. Directory. English is my my first language, uh, would you believe? Now... I've done all the games, so I'll get into my last three points. And look, cause for concern, I've decided not to go the Bulldogs because you've got a very tough draw, uh, and the Dragons, I think, more were expected of them. They've also been thrashed two weeks in a row. So my cause for concern are the Dragons. Looks like they don't know what their best setup is for their 17 going forward. Does Jaden Sullivan play 5-8? Does Talatao Amone? Does Jack Bird... I mean, they're all good options, but then you consider that their New South Wales Cup side is just getting belted week after week. So the guys you're calling up, I mean, how good a form are they in? And if you come up to the Dragons, who aren't playing well, it's not like you're coming into a good side where you can kind of transition at least your own individual form into the NRL. So very worried about the Dragons. They don't seem to know what their side looks like. At fullback, does Moses Embiid play there? Does Tyrell Sloan play there? Does Cody Ramsey get the gig? And look, they have a very, very quality side, but the two big losses are concerning. So I'm going with the Dragons with my cause for concern and a major game to keep an eye on next weekend will be the Dragons up against the Rabbitohs. Rabbitohs do have the ability to pile on the points as well. So Dragons need to lift majorly defensively. Uh, They don't want to let the season start to slip away from them. And it's going to be the same case for the... uh, Not the Eels, sorry, the Rabbitohs. So, look, cause for concern for round four. I've gone the Dragons. Still plenty of signs to suggest they could make the top eight. But, yeah, the last two weeks have been very dire. So, going with the Dragons. As for my rising star, I've picked Talyn May from the Panthers. Unlucky to get it last weekend. And look, he was just on fire, scoring two tries. He is playing so well that it's debated. Do you move Brian Totter, the incumbent New South Wales Blues winger, to the right side where he's played before to accommodate for Talon May? I mean, even the fact that that conversation is taking place tells you how good Talon May is playing. And as far as fucking hell stuttering, uh, as far as the rising stars are concerned across this round, I mean, he was just head and shoulders above everyone else other than Isaac Tago, who has already previously been nominated. I'm not going to nominate guys twice. I'll go back at the end of the year and go across all the nominations to pick one, uh, but Talon May was head and shoulders above the other emerging stars this round, so he is my rising star, and he and his teammate Tago both could be competing for that honor, which I guess is similar to to at the Dell EM Awards, the Rookie of the Year. So, Taylan May, my Rising Star nomination. Let me jump on now to my X Factor player of the weekend, Ryan Pappenhausen. Four tries, just untouchable throughout the game. Scored four tries in round four last year as well, but then last year he ended up missing a very large chunk of football that allowed Nico Hines to step in and shine to the point of where we now see him as a Sharks marquee player. But if Pappenhausen can stay on the field this year, then he could be a great option as far as a Delhi M bet goes. There are going to be guys in the team that take votes away from him, but Pappenhausen, I mean, he is something else. He was talked about when he was young and at the Tigers as an incredible junior, but since his transition over to the Storm, we have seen exactly why there were rumblings that this kid was a special talent. He's more than living up to that. He is playing, I mean... It's not the similar to uh, fucking Tom Draboyevich last year, the very different styles of football. But in terms of, like, fullbacks who could get on an absolute tear this year, think Tom Traboyevich delium year. think Jared Hain 2009, think Ben Barber at the Bulldogs. Like, I think Pappenhausen could explode this season, especially if Munster and Hughes, Harry Grant and Brandon Smith stay fit and they can keep their forwards at least somewhat stocked. I really think Ryan Pappenhausen could be set to explode. I mean, I've only done a couple of X-Factor player of the weekends. Ryan Pappenhausen, this is his second time already. It is round four. Uh, So yeah, I really think we could be seeing a Dell EM season ahead for Pappenhausen. And I cross my fingers, I really do hope that we see him stay injury free and that we get to see maximum pappy time in the NRL this season. So Ryan Pappenhausen... Is My X Factor Player of the Weekend, Tail and May Rising Star, Dragon's Cause for Concern. So now it's time to wrap it up. And look, eight from eight last round. So the perfect round. I will be dropping my season preview most likely tomorrow. So Wednesday Australian time throughout the day. And look, it's going to be a big one. I'm going to be jumping through all the games. I'll be going more in-depth than I did today, talking a bit about the narrative surrounding each game, players, teams, coach, everything like that, running through the ins and outs of the team lists, and I'll be giving my predictions. So, look, I'm going to try and hone in and focus. I got eight from eight last weekend. Let's try and go for the back-to-back perfect weekend. I'll be dropping my tips on the NRL season preview alongside JJ, who he's also going to be listing his tips. He didn't go as well last weekend, but JJ always has some very interesting takes on the game. And look, he is not afraid to back the underdog, which I really enjoy. So tune in to the NRL season preview. If you want to see when that drops, make sure to follow this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. You'll be able to see as soon as this one's uploaded. And look, follow us on Instagram. Got plenty of things going on that we're going to chuck up there. AFL Hot Tips, going to be eating some very, very spicy food as I have been the last couple of weeks and giving out my AFL tips, which look, they contributed to the multi as well. A lot of the AFL games helped me to win those large amounts. So the AFL tips seem to be pretty sound as well. Not a perfect weekend there, but if you want to check out AFL Hot Tips, or if you want to know as soon as the NRL weekly preview round five is out well the best place to do that is to follow us on instagram at not just a sports report but look i'm gonna get back to it i've got some notes to write for round five and the preview i've got some kind of fucking construction worker banging away uh, outside which i'm not sure if you can hear so look it's time to turn my focus now to round five this has been nrl power for round four and look until the preview podcast Take care of yourselves and have a great afternoon or night or morning. I don't know. It could be anywhere. Who knows where you are? Have a great fucking life.